0: Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to Acts chapter 20. As I've been preparing for this over the last couple of weeks, I've asked the Lord to direct me in many different ways. I was thinking back on Some of my most difficult uh, times to preach here, and the time that came to my mind was about three years ago, uh, the Sunday after Pastor Mitch had resigned, and I preached a message on striving together, and as much as I preach that message, I still agree with that message and how we should strive together in everything that we do, Um, but it has been an emotional week. It's been a tough week for me, preparing for this, seeking counsel, and and talking to men that I love and respect and um, but I want to be a help today. I In no ways am I referring to myself as Paul this morning. I'm probably going to say that probably about five more times in my message. I'm going to preach Paul's final farewell message. And as I preach, as I begin to study this, Paul is addressing his church plant, His, his in my mind in reading scripture, his favorite church plant. Um, he came to Ephesus. He began preaching here. He stayed here for two years. Um, And then he comes back and he sort of gives a challenge to the elders as he was leaving. And uh, this is where we're at in Acts chapter 20. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the the history of it, but I just want to just sort of tell you that as we get started. So if you have your Bibles and you've found your place there, the words will be on the screen as well. Acts chapter 20, let's all stand and we'll read these 10 verses and we'll jump into the message as best as we can. The Bible says, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus... And called the elders of the church. When they were come to him, he said unto them, You know that from the first day I came to you in Asia, after what manner I have been with you, and at all seasons, serving the Lord with humility in mind, and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the line in wait of the Jews, and how I kept nothing back that was profitable unto you, that you showed me and have taught you publicly and from house to house. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit in Jerusalem, not knowing the things which shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost witness in me in every city, saving saving the bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I myself dear to myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. The ministry which I have received unto the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of grace of God. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone in preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take with you record to this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all of the counsel of God. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this morning, as difficult as it is for me and my family. I pray, God, that you give me wisdom and guidance and, and uh, calm my nerves this morning. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's be seated and we'll jump in. Ephesus was, had one of the seven wonders of the world. You could not go to Ephesus and not be impressed with the Temple of Diana. Uh, many scholars say and, and historians say as they look through the seven wonders of the world that... All of the wonders were amazing the hanging gardens and everything but when they saw the temple of Diana everything else looked like rubbish. So this was an amazing place a huge city. It was a major port city and Paul had come here to set up this church in Ephesus. Paul had written to them. Your book in your Bible 1st, 2nd and 3rd John was also written to the church of Ephesus. And Jesus also wrote to the book church at Ephesus. And we're going to look at that at the very end. And so this church had an amazing heritage. This church at Ephesus was loved and revered by many men and our forefathers of the faith. They were loved and they were cared for. And as Paul is on the shore and he's about to leave them, he says that he's never going to see them again. Now the encouraging part for me is... I get to see you guys again, okay? I'm not saying that uh, I'm not in, uh, as far as I know, unless I leave here and there's an accident or someone's hired someone as a headhunter and I'm going to leave out of here and someone's going to whack me off when I walk out. I don't know what you guys have planned, Uh, but to my knowledge, I'm still going to be around. We're still going to see each other. So that's encouraging to see and to know as we think through this. And so uh, again, I'm not comparing myself to Paul, but he gives some great spiritual advice here to the elders at this church to us as believers 2,000 years later. And so as we look at that, I want to evaluate these 10 or so verses and give us three points and go eat and have some fellowship together and hopefully not ball my eyes out through this message. And so as we get started, the first thing we're going to look at is Paul began to review the past. He stood and he addressed them and he gives them account of what the past looked like. And so as Paul was doing that with him, there were some things that he said, some, some encouraging things, and, and some of you may not know this about me, but I, a, I, I do like to keep record of a lot of things, and so I do a daily ministry log, so you can literally come to me and say, hey, uh, January 25th of 2018, what did you do that day? And I can pull it up on my computer, and I can tell you everything I did. I, I, I try to keep... Pretty meticulous of what I do in ministry What happens in ministry, the things that go on And so as I began to prepare for this I pulled out all those logs And I just began looking through The history of of the last six years And the the things, the the past Reviewing the past as Paul did here And and some things began to come up That lined up with his message I want to share those with you as well But the first thing in verse 19 It says that he served with them He served with them and as we began to look at serving with them in verse 19, it says this very simply, serving the Lord with all humility and in mind. And so I began to wonder, I met a pastor, I did a funeral this last week, last Sunday, and I ran into a, a pastor that I'd never met before, and he made a statement of how many souls had been saved in his church since he had been there. And it got me thinking, I wonder how many people have come to know Jesus since I've been here in the last six years. And so I began writing down every name I could think of, went through my notes and went through my, the history of it. Fifteen people in the last six years have come to know Jesus at Sulphur Springs through the ministry while I've been here And uh, praise be to God for that Um, Second thing I want to look up was how many people were born And uh, This one was a little tricky because I did do some grandkids uh, People who go here and have brought their grandkids But again, fifteen children have been born into the ministry And of course some of them are not here anymore, they go to other places Uh, But as we look at Serving with them, Paul said he served with them with humility and with all mind. He he began to serve with them, and I began to think, how have we served together? Uh, I wrote down these things: meals for teams, We've got a couple of those coming up. Vacation Bible School, we've served together. We've had laughs, we've had tears, we've had hard times, we've had good times. Um, our Good News Club, many of you have served with me there. Our Tutor Ministry, we started that right before COVID, and and it'll be starting back up here soon. And uh, Trunk or Treat will also be coming up very soon. I began to think back at Trunk or Treat because um, we, we've done, we, our very first year, we, were, we, we came in October, so it was like a couple of weeks in and we came to, vaca- uh, to Trunk or Treat. And I can't remember if it was that year or if it was the year prior to that when I wasn't here, but I saw pictures and again, a lot of things run together. But at some point, David dressed up as Cousin Eddie and was here. I mean, we laughed together, we served together, it was great. God's been good from uh, from these things in our church, we can look back and we can say, God, yes, there's some things in the future. We're going to talk about that. But when we look at the past and we look at how God works in our lives and we're able to serve together for the sake of the gospel, and that should be encouraging to us, church, it should lift us up. And as difficult as other things are going to be, those are things that we can cling to. Second thing that Paul said here is in verse 19, he continues on and he says, serving with all humility." And with many tears. I think back over the last six years, the shedding of tears that we have shed together. Again, I pulled out my notes, and this one was really difficult because um, I wanted to look at at, at funerals. How many funerals have people have passed away? And so the the criteria that I used was a funeral that I had a part in. So the number would be higher than this, but the, the funerals that I had a part in Would have been 24 funerals that I was a part of while I'm here. Reminded of those losses, oftentimes I'll look out in this congregation and I know Miss Lisa's back there crying. I just locked eyes with her for a second and and remembering David while we were there in the hospital. Remember getting the call from Bobby Elder when he had fallen off his roof and passed away then. The tears that we shed. I could go on and on, Miss Junior and others that that we, we cried together as hard as that was as hard as those losses were I'm reminded with Paul here he shed tears he had a hard he had these hard times he had these losses he's reminded of the good times but he's also reminded that man it's difficult at times it's hard at times reminded of shortly after uh, I don't remember the date but getting the phone call that Billy's, Billy's dad had passed away. Me and Harold jumped in the truck and we drove over to our mom's house and about 45 family members it seemed like was there. Just the tears and the laughter that was shared and the good times but the bad times. But knowing when we look at our ministry and we look at the, the farewell of Paul, he shed tears. And We've shed those same tears. And it's good to know that in ministry, there's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's going to be good times. There's going to be bad times. But through it all, we know that God is good. Not only did he serve with them, not only did he shed tears with them, but the third thing he said here is he shared the word with them in verse 20. He said, and I kept nothing back from you that was profitable unto you and have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. He said, listen, I have done everything I can to be faithful to preaching the gospel. So this, so this was a fun one because I'd never actually calculated this one, but, but I began to look and see how many sermons that I've preached to the main congregation. And uh, I've asked many other men, youth pastors, associate pastors, and I was blown away at this number because, uh, again, I didn't, te- I didn't count the times I talked to the youth or Sunday school, just the times that I preached in here. And in the last six years, uh, there have been 70 messages that I have preached to the congregation which is unheard of for an associate pastor to preach that many times. And so I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that God allowed me. But as I was thinking through that, and as I was flipping through some of those messages, as I was looking through some of those things, I began to say, God, these were the truths that you gave me. These were the times where I was able to encourage the church family. Through the hard times, through the good times, through the difficult times, God, you let me and you gave me the opportunity to stand behind this desk, And preach your word. Some of those times our souls were saved. Some of those times at vacation Bible school. But I was able to share the word of God with you. And I pray my earnest prayer from day one that I came here. Is that I was faithful to the word. And that's what God said here through Paul. And how I kept nothing back to you that was profitable. And I've taught you publicly from house to house. That we would be faithful to the word. And we would share with them. But not only did he serve with them. Shed tears with them shared the word with them, but also in verse 21, it says this, he showed Jesus to the city. Verse 21, testifying to both Jews and also the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. As Pleasant Grove called me, and we've been making this transition to there, the first question that was asked to me, one of the first questions was, what is your philosophy of ministry? Okay, and most people that would be over their head. They wouldn't even understand what that means. But, but, and I shared this with our men a couple of weeks ago, or this past week as well. I said, three things come to my mind when that, when that question is asked. Number one, preach the word. I've tried to do that. Number two, love the people. And I've tried to love you, church, as best as I can, as much humanly possible as I could. I've tried to love you. I said, but the third thing that God has revealed to me over these years is this, love the community. And make an impact on the community that we're a part of. This is what Paul says here. Paul says, I am testifying to you both in the Jews and also the Greeks. I went out into the community and I began to preach them. I began to teach them. I began to give them instruction. My mind went to our Bible clubs and our Good News Club and our Donuts and Devotion, our love works that we did before COVID, our Trunk or Treatment Vacation Bible School. These are ways, church, that we have reached out and tried to impact our community. And I pray that we would continue to do that, that we would continue to reach out, because Paul, as he's thinking through this, he's reminded of two years, well, he was there for two years, but but 20 years probably before this, where he came to Ephesus, and there were 12 people that believed in Jesus in the church of Ephesus, of a town of about 500,000 people most scholars believe. I believe that number's right. And so he came there, there were 12 people and he said, you know what, we're just going to love each other. We're going to go into the gospel and then we're going to go into our community. And in that time, in two years, the Bible says in chapter 19 that every person in the city of Ephesus had heard about Jesus because they did this. They said, we're going to go out in our community. We're going to go out and teach people. You see, back in the day, they couldn't meet in churches like this. They had synagogues, but they were Christians. They didn't believe in the Jews. So the Jews said, no, you can't be in our synagogue. But there was a college called the College of Tyrannus that they met every day and they would teach and they would, philosophers would come in, but they would shut down from 11 o'clock to two o'clock because that was the hottest part of the day, right? We have AC in here. Okay, it's hot, when it's cold, it's, we, have, we have heat, so, so they would meet during that time, so it would be abandoned for about four hours of the day. So Paul appealed to them and said, hey, can we come, and can we teach in the house of Tyrannus? And they said, well, we're not using it, sure. And so they began to meet there every day in the hottest part of the day, and people began to come just to hear what was being said. And Paul began to teach and influence, and they began to go out from there, and they began to show the community the love Of Jesus and this is what Paul was saying here to them we have got to show Jesus to those around him so not only did he review the past but the second thing he did was he received the present verses 22 through 24 he says and now I'm bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem he said listen there's a current reality that not everyone's okay with there's a current reality that not everyone is going to understand but I am bound by the Spirit. I'm trusting the Spirit of God. He continues on to testify to every city. He's saying, listen, the present is happening, and not everyone's going to understand it. And I'm praying that the Spirit would go to those that don't understand it and help them to understand it. He's leaving simply because he's bound by the Spirit. Chapter 19, uh, when Paul left the first time, there was riots, and there there was... There was horrible things going on in the city of Ephesus and after he had accomplished what the Lord wanted him to do there he began to leave that city he began to go because the Holy Spirit told him to go and now he's able to come back one last time and he's able to say listen this is what's going to happen and he uses this word bound by the Spirit and I began to think about that and it literally means to have chains and shackles around you and escorting you out of your out of your will like you can't go against it You've seen the, the shows where a cop's got a guy with his hands behind his back, and maybe he's, he's having a little force there because the guy's not listening. Paul was saying, this is what the Holy Spirit's doing to me. I'm bound by chains, and I've been forced to do this. I want to stay here. I want to die here, but I've got to listen to God's will. And he's saying this, nothing can stop the will of God. But the most important thing, he says this, as through all these things, don't forget about the message. He said, There's going to be difficult times. There's going to be times where you're going to be persecuted. He said, But remember that the message is always the same. I read a book years ago when I was in college. So that would have been, I don't really do the math uh, 15, 17, 18 years ago. We were in college. Sure, we'll throw that number out there. And uh, I was in one of my pastoral practical classes, and the book was Concentric Circles of Concerns. I only remember that because it's alliterated, and I alliterate things, and that's just how my mind works. But there was a quote in there that I had to memorize, and this is what it said. It said, methods are many, and principles are few. Methods may change, but principles never do. And it basically says this. There's going to be many different ways where we can reach people with the gospel— but as long as the message stays the same, as long as the principal thing stays the same, doesn't matter how we do it. I'll give you a practical illustration, right? When I come to work every day, when I come to church, most of you will see this. Someone mentioned it this morning. I think it was Connie or Phyllis. I came in and, and I had my coffee. I had my coffee mug and I do two things of coffee every morning. And while I'm here, okay, I, I may fill that up and drink it and I may walk over to the Family Life Center or somewhere and get another cup of coffee in a styrofoam cup. The coffee's the same, right? Made out of the whatever it is. The mode of transportation is different. One's in a a Yeti cup, one's in a styrofoam cup. That's to be said like this, we can preach the gospel, we can do it many different ways. And we can do it many different ways, as long as the gospel stays the same. Now I said all that to say this, pastors come and go. As hard as that seems, one day I'm going to die, one day I won't be here and you're going to have to have another pastor. Pastor Bradley is going to die, and you're going to have to have another pastor. One day at Pleasant Grove, I'm going to die, and I won't be there. Pastors come and go. The most important thing is that the message stays the same. I've learned through studying Paul's life in my years of ministry is this, to never regret God's leading. Even as tough as it may have been, as our worship team just sang, Trust in God... We must trust the Lord, even through tears, heartaches, hesitations, trust the Lord and his leading. We may not all understand why, but if we can trust the Lord, he will give us the understanding that we can have. And I want to share a verse that's going to help you with that in the next part. So, so reviewed the past, received the present, and the last thing he did was he revealed the future. Verses 25 through verses 27. If you have your Bibles and, and you want to turn there, you can. If you want to just write this verse down, you can. But Isaiah 42, 16, I've got a, a friend of mine. She's an author, and uh, her name is Christina Chapel. She just came out with a book called Midnight Mercies. It's to help moms who've had depression through motherhood. I interviewed her for some stuff. And, and so as I was talking to her a couple of weeks ago, she shared this verse with me. And this verse has comforted me more in the last two weeks than studying this message or any other verse that I have studied, because this is what the verse says. Isaiah 42, verse 16, I'm going to read it out of the modern English version. It says this, I will bring the blind by a way that they did not know. And I will lead them in a path that they did not know. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things I will do for them and will not forsake them. As I studied through that, as I was thinking about that verse, Isaiah is simply saying, listen, there's going to be things where we don't understand, but by and through the grace of God, he brings sight to the blind. He leads us on the path. One version says he makes the hilly roads straight. In in this version, it says he makes the crooked things straight. God is saying there's going to be times where we don't understand, but through the trusting in the Lord, he is giving us this awesome amount of grace and comfort and compassion. The role of the shepherd is very simple. is to shepherd to the very end. To stay faithful as long as you possibly can. And I pray and I trust that as one of your shepherds, as one of your under-shepherds over these last six years, that I have tried my hardest to stay as faithful as I possibly could to you. I pray that I have done everything humanly possible to love you, to honor you, to be there for you, and to understand in the future, there's going to be those that, that don't want that. There's going to be those that, I, I, you can continue on to read through this, as verses 28 through the, in the chapter where Paul begins to say there's going to be some that come in to try to steal what you have. My challenge is this, guard what you have. Church, you've got a great thing going on here. And I fully believe this with all of my heart, and I would not say it if I didn't believe it. The best days of sulfur springs are ahead of them. Don't miss out on that. Stay. Love what you've got here. Invest in what you've got here. The devil cannot take our soul, but he can take our unity. The devil cannot take what we have been given through eternity, but he can come in and he can sow division. And my prayer is that we can push the devil away. We can step out and say, God, I don't want that. I want to stay. I want to love. I want to see what God has for us. Not only did did he see that, but he saw here where he challenged these elders. He challenged the men here. He said, listen, I'm going to be gone. I'm not going to be here anymore. You guys are going to have to step up. You're going to have to take on new roles. You're going to have to take on the new things that God has for you. And church, we're going to need that here. We're going to need people who step up and take the bull by the horns, take the reins, and begin to minister and pick up what has been left behind. Paul repeated the words of Jesus in verse 35. And I think it's an amazing statement before I turn to my last point here, my last sub-point here. Verse 35, he said, I have showed you all the things, and so labor laboring you also support the weak, and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Church... The greatest thing that Sulphur Springs can have is for you to be generous and to be humble and serve the Lord with all humility, with all godliness, and to give God the glory for everything that happens. So I said at the very beginning, the church of Ephesus was addressed basically five times. It was addressed here in, in, in uh, Acts, of course, the book of Ephesus, so I'm not thinking about that, but the, the, the first, second, third John, but then Jesus gives a command to the Ephesus the church of Ephesus, and he says this. These are the last words that we have recorded in Scripture to this church. And so I want it to be a challenge for us as my last words to this church is this, Revelation 2, verses 1 through 7. And to the angel of the church of Ephesus write, he who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, say these things. I know your works and your labor and your patience that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who are apostles, and some are not. And you have found them to be liars, and you have endured them, and you have been patient. And for my name's sake, you have labored and have not grown weary. Man, Jesus is saying, church, you have been an amazing church. You have done awesome things. And then he sort of drops his bombshell in verse 4, but I have something against you. That you have abandoned the love that you once had at first. Remembering therefore from which you have fallen, repent and do the works which you did at first. Or else I will come quickly and I will remove the candlestick from your place unless you repent. But this you have. You have hated the work of the Nicolaitans, which I've also hated. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give permission to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. This is what he says here. Basically, church of Ephesus you've lost your first love you were once my disciples and you once loved one another but you forgot to love and you have left that now I say that not to say that we have lost our first love I say that as a challenge to say church may this not be said of us may this not be said of Sulphur Springs when the Lord comes and judges us to say church you've lost your first love may this be a challenge to us to say I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart soul strength and mind I'm going to love others as Christ loved me. They lost this and they forsake the message. May this not be said of us. As our musicians come, I'm going to have to read this because I don't want to misspeak what I wrote down. But I want to say this, church, thank you for your kindness and your love to me and my family over these last six years. You've loved me when we came, my daughter was two years old, the age that Hudson is right now. So if you want to imagine that in your mind, Jade's older now, she's crazy just like we are, but I've done my best to love you and to love you well and to serve you well. I haven't been perfect, by no means have I been perfect, i have screwed up more than most churches would allow me to, and I've made more mistakes than I can count, but I'm thankful for the grace and mercy From God ultimately, but also this church to encourage me and to help me stay faithful. The church, maybe look to Jesus and count on Him to help us in times where we seem more lost than we see found. As Hebrews 12 says, and I've preached this message to our youth, I've preached this message in here, I've preached this message all over look to Jesus our author and our finisher of our faith. Count on him to sustain us. When life doesn't seem right, when life doesn't seem well, count on him to sustain us. In my six years here, I've said this statement more times than I can count, and I think I mean it more today than I ever have in my entire life. Church, I love you. I care for you. And as long as you don't block my number, I'll be here anytime you need me. Church, I love you. Thank you for allowing me to be one of your pastors. And anything I can do for you, I'm here for you. Father, we love you. Lord, words cannot describe how much I love this church. And as hard as it is to say bye today, it's not a farewell like Paul was. It's not like I'm not going to see you again. We're still going to serve together. We're still going to love each other. We're still going to be in our community together. But God, it, it will be a little different. And I understand that. I'm not, I'm not dumb. I know that, Lord. But I pray, God, that you would sustain us. You would give us the strength that we need. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you today, as difficult as it is to leave and, and to understand that, Lord, we know that we're, whatever happens, we're going to see each other again. We're going to be in glory. If there's someone here who doesn't know that, Lord, that doesn't have the joy that I have, the joy that this church has in knowing you, Lord, I pray that this would be the day they come to know you. Lord, I thank you for your blessings. I thank you for calling me here six years ago. I thank you for calling me to this next place, something we never thought would happen, something we prayed for for years, God, but we're trusting in you. We love you. I thank you for this church. I thank you for these people that have loved me as a son, as a father, as a, as a kid, Lord. And I thank you for that. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Let's all stand. The altars are open for invitation. If you want to come and pray and seek the Lord, it's here for that time. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.